This is exactly right. <laughs> what our favorite murder is. <laughs> we just made up a new name for a podcast. Do you know what I was saying? No. Do you, Do you need, need a ride? Sorry. We can start over. Wrong Sorry. podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no, leave it. It's. <laughs> I was going to say how it feels like it's been a while. It's been... Oh, no. Sorry. That's quite a vacation. My favorite murder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I, I haven't done that one in a while either. It's really? not like I've been... I only have one podcast now, so if I had gotten it wrong, that would have been a... That would have been really hurtful. Yeah. How is it just having your one podcast? <laughs> I feel so free. <laughs> and like, what's your next podcast going to be? Do you think? I'm just going to do something with more homework, even. <laughs> I'm just going to do something where all I ha- all I do is homework. That's a good idea. Just quiet pencil mm-hmm. pencil on paper sounds. Just constant work working. Like more of an AM SMR. Yeah. I, I don't ever think I'm saying that right, but but I have to actually do the work, so I have even less time to do anything good idea yeah. do you should you just go into some like math like long division like where would you leave off in math what would you like to get back to in math i mean i don't even know the basics addition i can do that you could do some basic addition. yeah yeah i saw a really cool video about how and from what i remember uh it said people i think in japan do multiplication mm-hmm. of long numbers yeah and it was like it looked like they were making a tic-tac-toe box. Did you see that video? Yeah, and what drives me crazy about it is that uh, it's that thing of, like, people learn in different ways. We don't all have this one way of learning. I'm sorry, I'm mad at the public school system. <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't adapted to anything modern? Because I didn't get it, and so I, then I was stupid, instead of, like, that maybe I just needed to learn in a different way. Right, like how to either A, a better teacher, B, right. a better approach. Right, or better, you know, I think nowadays they have a lot more, um, what's the word? Montessori shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I went to Montessori. I did too. Oh my god, it didn't work for you. Uh, I mean, work in what way? I learned how to. I learned how to wash my feet at the washing feet station. <laughs> Ew, what? There was a washing feet station. Where were you? The old west. <laughs> I, don't, I just remember like there was like the chalk chalk station and the this station and that, and then there was like a bucket, and you could go outside and wash your feet. That is so weird. Now that I'm talking about it, I didn't need to talk to my sister about this. Were you, this is in Irvine? Yeah. Did you have goats? No. Oh, were there any, was there any reason to have a bucket besides children's dirty feet? No. Was your teacher a germaphobe? Probably. Or a foot fetishist? I think she must have had an issue with dirty children's feet. Why were your shoes off? I don't know. In school. Again, I'm figuring out right now that this is weird. And I want to text my sister and make sure I have this memory correct. I'm calling Janet. Call Janet and ask her. Right now. I told you how I was supposed to go to therapy with my mom. Yeah. Did I tell you that I gave her the wrong day? (laughs) (laughs) And she showed up like two days early. Was she pissed? No. It was fine. We ended up making up anyways. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's what counts. Yeah. Do you think that subconsciously you may have done that so you didn't have to do it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think? 100%. 
that's usually why I do stuff like that. (laughs) And now it's so overt to me that I might as well just be like, I'm not going to be there probably. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's meet. I've done it to you a thousand times, but that's not normally, that's not, I don't want to be there. Now I have to talk my way out of this. Yeah. But normally that's just, I can't get that fucking calendar on my phone to do the right thing. Right. I can't ever do it. Yeah. It's a tricky little fucker. It goes backwards in time. Have we I talked know. about this? Mm-hmm. It makes me crazy. Um, you had a recommendation, didn't you? Oh, you know, yeah, Stephen <laughs> Stephen pulled this email for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in, lieu, uh, in reference to vis-a-vis episode 100. Uh, hey, y'all. Includes everyone and their goddamn animals. <laughs> <laughs> First off, love the show. Been listening since after episode three. Went to the live show in Austin. Used to play poker with David Temple for two years. This is after he allegedly murdered his wife. Mm. Yep. Wow. I'm also obsessed with the yogurt shop murders. Mm. Anyway, so that's not even about what this is about. Okay. Karen said an asteroid came three miles from. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> even just say no more. Just don't even say anything else. It's so good. Three miles. As you say that, I'm like, that's impossible. No, three miles. Here's the thing. And some people get very pissed off about this. We just fucking say whatever. We just say shit. We just say whatever and then clean up the mess after. Some people are very bothered by that. But man, that's funny. I, how far up is like the ozone? I don't like, know, but it's probably more than three, three, miles. three miles. And as you said it on the podcast, <laughs> then I was like, okay, uh-huh. And then the minute that came out of your mouth, I was like, no, just now. But not. I don't question you no. until someone else questions you. That That's my whole act is it's just very believable yeah. bullshit yeah. talking. And who am I to question? I mean, who are you of all people to question <laughs> me, the queen of Spain? Okay. I don't even know math. How am I going to know where three miles is? You and your dirty bucket feet never question me okay you know, okay no go ahead shoot this day i can't go barefoot you know i have my barefoot right. issue yeah that's right what did fucking village montessori do to me what did they do to your feet oh, who man. was on the bottom of that bucket who hurt my feet rubbing your feet oh, ew. ew sorry back yeah. to the asteroid okay <laughs> anyway karen said an asteroid came three miles from hitting the earth but sorry asterix pushes up nerd glasses but it was a three mile wide asteroid that came 6.4 million miles close to hitting the earth. i think that sounds more right i'm gonna go with her whatever she sound, said does that sound better i'm on her side quite oh you're being sexist by assuming it's a female scientist i'm being quite, pro-sexist that's right finally proactive sexism Quite a bit of a difference, but I get it. Live your sexy life like an asteroid is about to straight up murder us all. This would be great for Corrections Corner. You're so right about that. All the best and lots of love, Brian. That's rad. Brian. Brian, Brian the girl? Brian. <laughs> no. He has a Brian, he also has a second name in the middle that's also a boy's name. Okay. So I can confirm Brian is a boy. Well, I don't, I am not sexist, so I thought it was a woman. <laughs> I thought it was my daughter. <laughs> um, that is so goddamn funny. That is great. It felt right. Yeah. Is he mansplaining asteroids to us though? Well, it clearly we need it. He's explaining. I'm sorry. He's, I meant to say explaining. He's plain explaining it to us. He's just <laughs> just <laughs> apostrophe explaining. Straight up explaining. That's my new podcast. 
Mm. Where people explain shit to me. Oh, that's good. Straight up. You just introduce it. Yeah. Get the idea going and then just let other people talk Talk. about the facts. Hey, explain this to me. I have never realized how consistently wrong I can be up until this point. It's a real humbling experience. Like through the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. But mm, I wonder, do you in your daily life now, do you question yourself? Oh, every moment. As you're hypothesizing boldly. Um, but I don't, I mean, like, usually if somebody stands there and goes, no, actually, that's not true, I'll go, oh, okay. Because at this point, I can't really argue it. Yeah. It's happened so many times. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know. You, you don't go, are you sure? Oh, sometimes I'll do Uh-oh. that. But, and sometimes I can, like, see it in my mind's eye. Of, like, yeah. I, I can see the headline in my head. It says three miles away. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's also my ADD from being on Twitter too much and reading <sighs> articles. I just read four words in the headline of an article. Karen, I can't do Twitter anymore. Because it's just killing you? Is it driving you crazy? It's awful now. It's really, I just can't do it anymore. It's making me really depressed. It's very depressing. My problem is it's where all my friends are. <laughs> <laughs> many, many of my friends that I talk to the most are there as tragic as that is to say out loud so maybe you just can have conversations but i just like read shit no yeah it's i don't i try not to read that much okay and when i do i do it inaccurately okay yeah well i mean uh, listen if it's working for you look i like it (laughs) look and listen if it's working for you no but i will say this for resolutions i don't know if you're comfortable doing some resolutions right now no i dig it but as we say this Because part of why I think all that was just so funny to me is because I haven't really talked to another person in like three days, (laughs) (laughs) except for texties. Uh I've just been sitting on my couch watching British people solve crime for like 72 straight hours. (laughs) And I have to stop doing it. God bless you. I have to. Oh, I have to. Driving you crazy. Yeah. I have to leave my house. I have to give the the world a try. Like, a, I have to do things. Here's the thing. You've already done that. Yes or no? True. It's failed you. It's been bad. B. <laughs> it's failed you. B. You've been sick. Yes or no? Yes. Very sick. Uh, C. You just spent like two weeks with family members constantly and friends. That's so right. So you're having a decompression. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for walking me out of that darkness. Yeah. I, it, but you know what? My decompressions go on too long. Yeah. And then... um. Yeah, and then I'm just in the weirdest, in just too weird of a place. But I would also say that I've been on a six-year decompression <laughs> that needs to wrap itself up okay. relatively quickly. How can we start on Friday? Okay. Can we say Friday? Write right. that down in your... <laughs> How about Friday at 11? And then we have that phone call at 11.30. Right. Perfect. And then you have to... I, I actually had to hire or like have my old uh, life coach come back. Yeah. Because I was fucking up hard. Like that? Yeah. Shit. And one of the things we talked about was just put some makeup on and leave the fucking house. <laughs> uh, there was one time I called you and you were in a cafe. And in my mind, I was like, wow, she's got it all. <laughs> like, it was like a it's, dream come true. It changes everything when you <laughs> have like, to. Put, I never thought of it, dude. You, it changes my fucking entire day. Yeah, Cause then you, oh my God, like today I've left the house once in the past since New Year's Eve, since New Year's Day. And it was to eat oysters last night. Mm. And I don't think I've been around anyone but Vince. Yeah. Who's basically the same person as me at this point. <laughs> you guys are very similar. So we're like 
the same for you know you're not, a real team it's like being alone a little bit yeah i can see that so we just talk about cats our cats <laughs> and point out things our cats are doing it's pretty cool but you're also very funny i mean i've been the you know me he we together thank you you're real witty to i really enjoy how you guys talk to each other so oh. much it's really delightful and fun thank you yeah you're fun to travel with thank you so are you yeah thanks yeah that's nice goodbye <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of traveling really quickly two shows that are not sold out we're oh, about yeah. to do our big are like we're about to get into our fucking huge Shit. winter spring tour um, and it's starting with Las Vegas on January 20th. There's a few tickets left. So go get those. Oh, that's going to be fun. If you're in LA and you can make the drive a row, yeah. I bet it'll be a, a good time. You know who's doing it? Who? Marty Hardstark. Is he really? Yeah. He's coming on out. He's coming out. I think my sister and Adrian wanted to, but they can't, they can't swing it like work wise. Yeah. Stuff. But they were like, oh my God, what that would be the greatest. It's in a casino. We're in a casino. It's going to be so fun. You can stay there, watch our show. We're just like Magic Mike for one night. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Dance routine. What if we get the magic mic dancers to come <gasps> over and do a routine and do a hometown us? murder? Oh. <laughs> and we do a dance. That'd be we dance. They hometown. They hometown it. I'm wiping my nose on my shirt. Sweet. All right. Uh, and then it the other one is 2018. <laughs> <laughs> the other one um, to mention is Salt Lake City. Night one. We're doing two nights there. Sold out second night, but night one still has some tickets. February fifteenth. Nice little what is it called valentine's day post valentine's day yeah wait that's the 14th right yeah okay so whatever that's happens, marty's birthday the 15th oh, that's weird is it yeah he, is he going to that one no okay so we'll have to give him a birthday present yeah at in, in at las vegas yeah. red rocks casino right um salt lake city first night no matter what happens valentine's day yeah drown your sorrows mm -hmm. with us mm-hmm SLC. That's fucking right. The progressive college town. Remember that time we talked, we like <laughs> said that Salt Lake City must be conservative. Yeah. And all that. Oh, did we hear from the Salt Lake yeah. Cityans? Yeah. They let us know. We'll make it up to you. Yeah. For Valentine's Day. We fully respect you, girl. We're going to be checking fucking chocolate truffles out into the audience. Oh, we're going to get you so many roses. We're going to throw roses at you. We're going to we're going to make you feel like a woman again. I mean, get ready. Maybe there'll be cleavage. <laughs> Is that romantic? I can bring some. OK, I will you bring yours because I don't have any. I can bring enough for four. Oh, my God. Like if I really, really, really try, there can be like some slight you know, uh, shadowing up here, <laughs> but it's not cleavage. I'll do that for my abs and then you do it for your cleavage. <laughs> I'll do a cut out middle dress. What about butt cleavage? That's Fuck. a thing. I think I've got that too. <laughs> Anything rounded that casts a shadow, I'm on it. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Oh, uh, one more email. Okay. This is just fun times. I can't believe 2017 is over. I know. I mean, it's done. I know. This is a brand new year, friend. I know. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. I mean, we have no choice. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> what you do? I really believe in myself <laughs> to a really fucked up degree. Well, no, you're um, we you you have a lot of choices, especially with this new podcast coming out because. <laughs> The direction, first of all, just doubling up on yeah. podcasts is yeah. going to be great for you. Yeah. Um, and then just the directions you're going to take it in. Yeah. It's just explaining. I'm going to learn and forget so much stuff. It's going to be great. Information is going to be coming at me. I can't wait I'm for you to not absorb any of it. <laughs> 
This is an email from Kaylee. It says, hi, gals. My name is Kaylee Carter, and I play Sadie Rose in Godless. <gasps> oh, fuck y'all. It was to my shock and delight that I turned on the podcast to hear our show as a source of delight to you. Oh, my God. When your podcast is one of my deep obsessions. Oh, my God. Along with true crime and, well, anything murder related. It's so badass and inspiring to hear ladies getting together to create. And what you've created is so unfiltered. <laughs> no. Sure. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> are you talking Whoa. about sorry believe that kaylee sorry uh what you've created is so unfiltered badass and empathetic just wanted to let you know that the ladies of labelle lost it on our communal text chain about you guys oh my god a fan kaylee carter okay sorry that was very self-serving but oh my god steven that's a good email to pull yes because i have been talking about this yeah. show nonstop. everyone's I talking about really it really loved it so much really really thought it was a beautiful piece of writing and work so good wow thanks kaylee thanks kaylee say um, hi to that text chain for us can i okay so i've been having really bad insomnia lately yeah as i do and i can i rec can i do a podcast corner do podcast it podcast recommendation corner yes so this chick has been keeping me company while i can't sleep for like four hours last night from Ugh, three to seven the worst. it was great um in my sleep phones i highly recommend them this oh. is not an ad they look like um, like a sweatband, but they oh, have like yeah. flat headphones in them. Oh my god! So uh, she's this lovely, soothing voice, and the topics are really macabre and weird. It's called the Strange and Unusual Podcast. Ooh. You listen to it? No. It's by Allison Horrocks, H O R R O C K S, which sounds like a fucking uh, Horrocks. It sounds like a spell. It sounds like a sp exactly from Harry Potter. Yeah. The Horcrux. <laughs> yeah. There's 10 episodes and they're like, it's all macabre and like weird, you know, witchy, old gothic, timey, yes. you know, catacomby stuff. Yeah. It's really good. And, and is it true or is it stories? It's true stories. True story. <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw those two together. Yep. The one thing I didn't realize can be possible. It's like, it's true. It's almost like the strange, I mean, the um, mysteries abound. Yes. But she like does all the writing herself and, and tells you about it. It's really good. Sweet. Paul um, Rex, everybody, if you don't listen to Mysteries About, yeah. you got to. So the Strange and Unusual podcast, and it's called that because from Beetlejuice, when Lydia says, I myself am strange and unusual. Oh. Is that cute? Yes. So I, like I it love it. Yeah. And she's just been kind of like keeping me company. The best. Yeah. Well, then, in, if I'm to join it, you in this corner, yeah. I will do my recommendation. The person that's been keeping me company for my whole vacation, I... Um, I can't remember. I think I've seen like either a TED talk or some clip of him on British TV, but I, in driving, knew that I wanted to get like do a deep dive into something yeah. and actually maybe learn something. So I looked up audiobooks by John Ronson mm -hmm. and he is a British, um, reporter and a podcaster he does a ton of stuff author yeah. he's written a ton of books he wrote the men who stare at goats he wrote so you've been publicly shamed which is oh, all about yes. the social media thing he's done Amazing. all this stuff so he has a book one one of the ones i listened to is called lost at sea and it's just a bunch of different <gasps> stories and articles that he's written and they they cover everything from um, people who disappear on cruise ships Shut. and basically the rash of that happening. The fuck up. Uh-huh. It to, uh, <laughs> I can't remember anything else. Just being lost at sea in general. Just being lost at sea. Like you have to listen to it. And he yeah. has, okay, my very favorite thing. And I laughed so hard when I was listening to this. I was in my room at my sister's house 
I was laughing so hard. I was crying and I couldn't breathe. And I was sick. So I felt I thought I was going to die. He interviewed the insane clown posse after the Magnets How Did They Work song Miracles came out. And it is one of the funniest because he is a very straightforward, very plain spoken and very direct interviewer. Yeah. And he then reenacts the like the two guys in insane clown posse reacting to how much shit they've gotten like because they've been called the worst band in history and like really terrible things and stuff so he kind of went and talked to them and it's the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life oh my god i'm listening and he's just very like he's so endearing and he's really i i don't know he's just super brilliant and a really hilarious amazing writer so anyway john ronson tons of audiobooks and he also has a podcast called the butterfly effect that's about like working in the porn industry right right which i started listening to it it's a little bit um i'm worried i'm i'm worried i don't i'm worried about having to hear people that that don't aren't doing well or something yeah whereas i like if it's a story and someone's in the third person talking about it it's a different thing it's kind of like my 911 call issue i get that well Really quickly, one that I am not listening to, but I have listened to it and it's hilarious and I just want to give it a shout out because it's fucking incredible, is the true crime podcast Done Disappeared. Oh, have I haven't heard, heard it? No. It's a parody true crime <laughs> podcast <laughs> called Done Disappeared. Yes. It's about missing girl named Clara Pockets. Uh-oh. It's hosted by John David Booter and it's basically a parody of Up and Banished. Wait, John David Booter's not a real person. No, right? it's like, <laughs> it's so, it's like this beautifully narrative, narrative podcast, like someone knows something, let's say. Right. And it's done really well and you hear the crunching of the gravel and then he talks about these things that are really serious, but it's all bullshit and it's all fake and it's like kind of corny and just amazing. So silly. It's so silly and I, it made me really happy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Doesn't disappear. I mean, that's so funny. It's like, it is so popular <laughs> these days that like you can, it's like the American Vandal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, you know, has been nominated yeah. for, I think a writer's guild award. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. It's just like that. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, this is a really well done documentary. It's just about an absurd thing. That's not real. It's the same thing. Yeah. I oh, that's it. awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. All right. I mean, I wonder who goes first. I mean, whatever happened was in the past. It's 2018 it's, and it's episode 102, which sucks that it's not 101 because we put up a live episode. Oh, last live. Week. That's right. Because we're on vacation. But I know, but like, but that was one 2017 too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. And the last one, technically, that we recorded here, we did together. Right. So it's a real clean slate. Clean slate, blank. Everything is everything. Um, From here to eternity. What if we make Steven pick one of us to go first? <laughs> oh, no. Pressure's on. <laughs> no, I- wait. What if we um, what if we make Steven? No, I don't know. Let's um, pick Put- mustache hairs and whoever gets the longer mustache hair. Yeah. You can throw the clown doll. <laughs> throw the clown doll. Whichever one heads or tails. <laughs> whoever slaps it away hard enough. <laughs> okay, Steven, who goes first? Um, uh, Wait, I'm closing my eyes. I don't know why that matters. Say a number. Uh, 10. Okay. What day is your birthday? Eighth. What's yours? 11th. What does that mean? Um, mine's closer. So do you want to so go then, first? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> 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 the, it's the perfect system. Okay. How about, uh, 
Well, I was going to say, since you got it, then you get a pick who goes first. Oh, shit. Oh, now, really? So now you're putting it, it on me? Karen. Nobody wants this part of the job. That's why we gave it to you. Okay, Ugh. well, mine is long and gruesome. What's yours? It's. I don't think it's that long. Okay, I'll go. F- I can go first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good job, Stephen. Stephen, you've done it again. Oh, no. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye if you're like me you're always looking for a story to dive into whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve the key to getting hooked is the details i need rich visuals and intricate storylines and june's journey has that and more june's journey is a mobile mystery game that follows june parker a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder this is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as june herself Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Mine. And I had never heard this story before. Okay. This is more of a story, more of a case uh, more of a personality uh, because there's I don't think there's an actual murder that they know of. This is the Beast of Jersey. Ooh. Have you ever heard of the Beast of Jersey? No. Okay, get fucking ready. I'm fucking ready. Okay. And willing. Great. Ew. I <laughs> excuse me. Both of your feet are in the bucket. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> suck my feet in a bucket and get myself ready. <laughs> My medical. Like we just we kick off an episode with you having recovered memories, <laughs> and we just blaze right through it. We just keep on chatting. I mean, I'm I'm clearly doing okay with with. <laughs> You're just doing it. I'm just doing it. Okay, so the Beast of Jersey's name is Edward Paynell, or Paynell. I'm not sure. Um, and this story, I stumbled upon it. 
on a, as we know, we love the website Ranker. Mm -hmm. And Ranker is in there with all those serial killers and the serial killer, 15 most interesting things about this and that and Mm -hmm. whatever. And so at the, at the bottom of one of those lists, they have additional lists where it's like this, this, all these links. It's like, thank you for my insomnia. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's all the 15 horrible things about the toy box killer. It's every terrible thing you could ever look at. Love it. So on there, I found the beast of Jersey, which I'm like, I assume New Jersey. And when you look it up on YouTube, there is a guy who, who starts his videos start coming up as the beast of Jersey, but he is a weightlifter in New Jersey. Oh no. Just like swole and yoked. And all the other things you'd say if and you went to the gym. he's calling himself the Beast of Jersey? Well, I mean, I think it's like, you know, that's the language of like, he's in beast I, mode yeah. working out. He didn't Google it, though? He's... <laughs> Why didn't well, he Google it? This one's from the 60s and 70s. So he's like, I'm the new, I'm the new right. Beast Okay, Jersey. that's that's long enough ago. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. He looks great in a tank top. He's doing good work. Good for him. I respect it. Good for him. 2018 is his year. That's right. I can feel it. So guys, please go to Beast of Jersey (laughs) YouTube channel and just support him. Give him a thumbs up because he can lift so much weight. Okay. I got the timeline of these crimes, the details, all of it from uh, a blog that's called True Crime Enthusiast. I've used her once before Mm -hmm. for one of my, I can't remember which one, but it was a case when we were on the, um, at a live show and she that true crime enthusiast is also a podcast but i found this on her blog okay and it was the most information of any i couldn't find any other um websites besides our dear old wikipedia um everything on youtube is like one of those three minute videos that someone it seems like someone in high school made that like i then (sighs) started watching one and then it went off into some other thing where this woman who was narrating was like Canadian and yelling about how the government isn't going to admit to anything and it went crazy I had quite the afternoon listen let's get back let's focus look Jersey is one of the channel islands Uh, off the northwest coast of France got it I thought it was in England well it's not new it so it's not New Jersey. No. No. That's what I was hoping for. It's original Jersey. Okay. So it's right by Normandy mm-hmm. off the coast mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. It's also by Guernsey Island. Mm. They have the best cows between Jersey and Guernsey. Amazing, gorgeous cows. Okay. Right, Stephen? Stephen's crying. He loves this okay. so much. Am I right, though? I don't know anything about cows. Yes, you do. <laughs> I think the Guernseys are red and the Jerseys are the black and white. Are ones. you being serious right now? Yes. Because you grew up in a town with a lot yes. of cows. Yes. That's why you know that. I didn't know if they were just making up facts about a town. No, no. Jersey and Guernsey cows are like really high end. Listen, mm. explain something okay. to me. Okay. That's it about cows. Oh, oh. Just if you want a high quality cow, you're going to need a small island off the coast of France. I'll take it. <laughs> That's where they're all from. Okay. Okay. Uh, On Google Maps, Jersey has a 4.9 star review (laughs) out of 43. Why are you reviewing fucking islands? This is me trying to scrape together information about Jersey in a way that can inform me. I was like, is it rich people? It seems like it's like it's a very. Yeah. Well-to-do people, they have a lot of great agriculture, obviously award-winning cows, (laughs) um, really small, and although it is 
not a part of the United Kingdom. Um, English is the language that's the main language spoken there. They use the pound. They drive on the left. They love soccer. The national anthem <laughs> is God Save the Queen. But they are an independent parliamentary democracy. So don't fucking say that they're British because they're not. Okay. And in 2014, there were 100,000 people living there. So that's, it's not a big place. Okay. But in November of 1957, a reign of terror began on this island that is so fucking crazy. <gasps> and it went on for 10 years. And so it starts like this. A 29-year-old nurse is waiting for a bus. Now, when um, all this gets explained, it's all, they break it up by like counties and parishes and stuff. But since it's all meaningless, I just figured we'll just do it. It's all happening on an island that's, Look. I think, 49 miles wide. Great. It's a setting. Yes. Just picture, uh, do you ever watch Father Brown? It's a wonderful British. No. Pre-spaced crime procedural. All right. No, but I have an island in my mind. Great. It's like, it's, I'm there. It's not tropical. No, 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 no. Great. It's like a, yeah. It's like a damp, dewy, pastoral, beautiful yes, island. That's it. Rocky cliffs. Yes. All this. Yes. Okay. Fog. Fog and tons of bus stops. Right. So rural bus stops. Rural bus stops. Okay. Okay. So this woman's waiting. She's a 29 year old nurse waiting for the bus. She's approached by a man who's affecting an Irish accent, mm -hmm. and he's wearing some something on his face. She can't see his face. And before she knows what's happening, he hits her on the head. He puts a rope around her neck, mm. and he drags her into a nearby field and rapes her. Oh no. And uh, even though she has a bunch of stitches and she's severely injured, she survives. A year later in March, the exact same attack happens a year later. Um, this time, the woman's 20. She's walking home from the bus stop. And again, a man approaches her. A rope is put around her neck. She's dragged into a nearby field and raped. Four months later in July, exact same crime. Oh, my God. This time, it's a 31-year-old woman. She's walking home from the bus stop. Again, rope around her neck, dragged into a field, exact same thing. And then again, in August of 1959, um, but this time it's a young girl. And then again in November to a 28-year-old woman. So it's the exact same crime Jesus. happening, like but relatively four months apart. So all of the victims tell the police the same thing. He put on this Irish accent. He was wearing a mask of some kind or his face was covered in some way. He's about five foot six and he smells musty. Um, so after this series of attacks, he comes to be referred to as the beast of Jersey. But then in 1960, his MO changes and he starts attacking people inside, mm -hmm. indoors, in their homes. So it's Valentine's Day in 1960. A 12-year-old boy wakes up to see a man standing at the end of his bed. He's climbed through the boy's window. He's wearing an old rubber mask and a woman's wig. Oh, God. And he's holding a flashlight in the boy's face. He places a rope around the boy's neck, leads him outside into a field where he's raped. So a month later... A woman walking up to the bus stop meets a man who drives by, claims that he's a doctor, that he's on his way to pick up his wife, and he offers her a, a, a lift. And then she gets in the car and she's like, oh, it's just this old guy. And, it, you know, doesn't uh -huh. think anything about it until she turns to see that he is wearing an overcoat uh -oh. and a hat and gloves. And as she's starting to put that together of how weird that is. Uh-huh. 
And she also can't see his face. It's like it, she can't make out his face because it's dark. He's by the time she realizes what's going on, he's driven to a secluded spot. He ties her hand behind her head, beats her inside the car. Then he drags her out of the car Ugh. into a field, rapes her. Then he puts her back into the car and he starts to drive again. She jumps out <gasps> of the moving car oh my God. and starts screaming for help. So he bails and he's not found. Damn. Okay. So the same month, this one's super creepy. So it's a mother and daughter in a remote cottage. Uh-huh. The daughter's 14. So it's 1230 at night. The mother is awoken by the phone ringing downstairs. Me. So she gets up and she goes down to answer it. When she goes, she picks up the phone. No. There's no one there. She hears a click and then the phone. She hears the dial tone. So she goes back upstairs and she goes to bed. An hour later, she hears a noise downstairs. So she goes and she goes out into the landing over the top of the stairs. She flicks on the lights. Uh-huh. That's how I pictured in my head. Uh-huh. She At some point, she turned the lights on. Okay. She walks downstairs. And when she gets downstairs, the lights cut out. Eee. Then she realizes someone is in the living room. <gasps> so she grabs the phone to call the police. The phone line's been cut. No. Yeah. So suddenly a man grabs her, demands money, and threatens to kill her. And... As she's struggling with this man, her 14-year-old daughter comes out onto the landing. No. And um, the man immediately releases the mother and runs to where the daughter is. And so the woman runs out of the house to go get help at the neighbors, gets the neighbors, runs back, and they find the daughter is alive, but she's been raped in this with the same MO mm-hmm. as all the other victims. April of the same year, a 14-year-old girl wakes up to find a man in a mask watching her sleep what the fuck she starts screaming and then he takes the mask off no uh-huh um in july an eight-year-old boy is abducted from his home he's raped in a field and then he's led back but the rope around his neck to his front doorstep then the attacks stop for the rest of the year so of course this is a tiny, tiny island, island. Of people, and people are fucking shitting a brick because it's also definitely someone who lives there yes so it could be anyone exactly right they are interviewing every they immediately interview every single man who has ever committed a crime at all um like the police are just do they have no idea what to do so they're doing anything they can yeah. can um uh so everything stops so that's july everything stops for the rest of the year then in february of 1961 it starts again and this time the mo changes again now it's all young children so in by april of 1961 three children have been attacked and raped so finally the police call in scotland yard yeah um so scotland yard puts together this profile of like the mo and of the attacks oh my god love it and they basically tell the island you guys have to start like self-policing and keeping your eyes open because you have to help us catch him right like as much as we we can't be everywhere and we have to we all have to do something about this so keep your eyes peeled so he's 40 to 45 years old he's five six or somewhere around that height he has a medium build. He has a mustache. His face is usually covered by a mask or a scarf during the attacks. He enters through a bedroom window on a moonlit night, sometime between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m., carries a flashlight. He knows the island well, especially the eastern part. 
And he wears a thigh-length jacket that smells musty, a hat, and gloves. Um, so, but he's he's still not found, and there's no attacks for two years. So there's that's another part of it is there it, it's like a swell of these horrible yeah. crimes, and then it just stops. And I think there's probably part of that human reaction is it's it's done, we're done, we're done, yeah. and like don't look around and don't keep looking into this, like it's right, over, right? Um. Then in April of 1963, um, a nine-year-old boy is attacked with the exact same, same MO. Um, and then in November of the year, an 11-year-old boy is attacked, same. And then in July of 1964, a 10-year-old girl. And then in August, a 16-year-old boy. Then nothing for two years. Oh so God. even that that overall pattern starts to have a yeah. pattern. Um, and then in 1966... The Jersey police received this letter. My dear sir, I think that it, that it is just the, the time to tell you that you are wasting your time as every time I have done what I always intended to do. And remember, it will not stop at this, but I will be fair to you and give you a chance. I've never had much out of this life, but I intend to get everything I can now. I've always wanted to do the perfect crime. I have done this, but this time, let the moon shine very bright in September, because this time it must be perfect. Not one, but two. I'm not a maniac by a long shot, but I like to play with you people. You will hear from me before September, and I will give you all the clues, just to see if you can catch me. Yours very sincerely, wait and see. Oh my God. Yeah. So in August 1966, there's a savage attack on a 15-year-old girl, but this time there's a new detail. There are long parallel scratches down the torso of the victim. And then that's the final attack for four years. Wow. Then in August of 1970, a 13-year-old boy wakes up to a flashlight shining in his eyes. He's taken out of the house with the rope around the neck. He's led to the field. He's raped, attacked, led back to the house. This time the beast tells the boy, stay quiet, because if you don't, quote, something will happen to your mother and father. So the the parents find the boy disheveled and, uh, mm -hmm. and he tries to say nothing's wrong. And finally, he breaks and tells the parents everything. And when he's taken to the hospital or inspected by police, I don't, I'm not sure which one, but they basically on the boy, they find the same <gasps> long parallel scratches that they found on the girl mm. from 1966. And... The boy tells police that the man had black spiky hair and a terrifying mask on. <sighs> a year later, this is July 10th, 1971, two policemen are sitting in a traffic light at a red light. It's 1145 at night and a car speeds past them, runs the red light and is driving erratically. And so, of course, they throw on their lights or however they do it in Jersey. <laughs> um and they get into a high-speed chase with this car. And it's total Jason Bourne style where on, on, um, on this blog, she was saying the, the guy drove up on the sidewalk. He was like Whoa. doing everything he could to get away from these cops. On this tiny fucking island. Yeah. That's so crazy. Driving everywhere. And basically, finally, he drives through a hedge and into the middle of a tomato field and like comes crashing to a stop, gets out, starts running through the tomato field. The cops get out, chase him on foot. They tackle him. They arrest him. They bring him to the police station. And finally, when they, when they get into the light of the police station, they see that he, first of all, they notice 
in the car with him how musty his coat smells and it strikes them immediately that it's like a just this weird gross smell which is what every single one of his victims mentioned that's crazy that it was that fucking bad that they were like that immediately um so then when they get into the light of the police station, they see that there are one inch nails poking <gasps> up out of the t- shoulders of his coat and out of the, the lapels of his coat and around the cuffs of his coat. So he has sewn in one inch nails to stick out like punk rock style oh stick God. out of his coat. And then they see that he has cloth wristbands that he has made tied around his wrists that also have one inch nails sticking out. Um, Dude. So then they see that his pants are tucked into his socks. He's wearing slippers and wool gloves. Mm. And then they check his pockets. So in in there, he's got a flashlight with black tape over um, the light part with just a little slit. So only a tiny bit of light will come out of that flashlight. So no one will notice it. (gasps) Yeah. So he can basically control and direct the light. Um, oh my God. when he's breaking into houses. Right. Um, then they find two lengths of what they call, um, sash cord, which I think means like curtain, mm-hmm. curtain cord on him. He's got empty cigarette packs, rolls of duct tape, and a black wig with stiff, spiky hair. And that's when they find <gasps> the mask. <gasps> Are you ready to see the mask? Mm-mm. There's your mask. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. Look at that. Oh, my God. Let me see that. It is so fucked up. Okay, so what that mask is, is... It, lo- um, it looks like it looks like Edward Scissorhands if he were in a fire. It It's like Edders, Edward Scissorhands and Michael Myers had a baby. Totally. And that baby... Uh, was a fucking rapist was a horrifying monster the scariest okay the mask is the reason i read the article about him because it's the scariest thing i've ever seen that's actually real because i was like i'm gonna look this up and this is gonna be fake like because that's so horrifying you wake up and that's standing at the end of your bed no it's so no no like no no so that's in his coat pocket that mask that mask is in his coat pocket and the wig isn't so the wig he wore the wig and they're separate so the wig was in one pocket and that wig is hard like it's all stiff and hard it looks like gross like gross dreadlocks yeah and it almost looks he almost looks like um like medusa yeah like it looks like snake snake hair what is that mask made out of because it looks like it's made out of real human skin it is i I think it is an old rubber mask oh my god so he was just it was like pre Halloween, mm-hmm. the scariest mask of all time. Um, okay, so he, sorry, I got so excited to show you that picture. I left the page halfway through. <laughs> Actually, okay. I'm going to turn this upside down because <laughs> it's so. Awful. I don't want to stare at it. It's not cool at oh all. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Um, Those poor people. I know. So it turns out that this man, the Beast of Jersey, is Edward um, Paynell. He's a 46 year old contractor from a wealthy family. What? He has a wife named Joan. He has a daughter and two stepchildren. What? Um, he is well respected throughout the island. Um, and, and he's very, um, kind of prominent. He, this is a, there's a real Ted, um, not Ted Bunny, John Wayne Gacy parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
he he and his wife first met when he worked as a handyman at um the foster home that her mother ran hmm. called la preference mm-hmm. and he would often visit to hand out candy Mm-mm. and during the holidays dress up like father christmas no 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 uh-huh. no the children knew him as uncle ted yes of course they did yeah they of course the police investigate they find out that joan and ted's marriage is not a happy one mm-hmm. and that in fact they're basically man and wife in name only that he has built himself um basically an annex off of the house so he has an office and like living quarters and this whole thing that's separate from the house so he can come and go as he pleases Mm -hmm. and his wife says you know he keeps odd hours because he's a big fisherman and he likes to go on long walks at night so he's you know he he's up and out of the house at all hours and it's how he's been for years oh god Um, yeah so um i wonder if she suspected him ever and just like didn't ever want to say anything or didn't couldn't accept it or i mean you would think with the marriage being so unhappy that he moves you know he builds himself a new part of the house (laughs) to live in that something bad was happening but there's a video of joan that i saw yeah because there's an actual like uh old you know what looks like bbc footage or whatever and someone's interviewing her and she just looks like no the man i know would never hurt a child and she's she seems like she it means what she says of course but then who knows because there were um lots of abuse allegations at this foster home Uh. and at other so there's another part of this but basically all these abuse allegations at different foster homes on the aisle island of jersey um against him specifically no against these people it's super crazy that's part of the black hole i fell into which is watching these videos from other victims of um who lived at these other like they call i i think they call them home care yeah but it's basically their fault they're one is a, a this one is obviously a foster home a big foster like yeah. an orphanage essentially an orphanage, yeah. but another one the worst one or you know, from what the stories i right. saw was of course it was a catholic um uh you know send your babies here if you're having them out of wedlock and we'll raise them for you because uh-huh. you you're not allowed to have children meanwhile they beat the living shit out of them and rape and molest them and all this horrible stuff is oh happening there and they have the real people who lived there no. talking about being woken up in the middle of the night by the people that work there and led down into these cellars and they actually it was so bad that the police started investigating and they found shackles they dug up these cellars and found shackles along one wall and they found all these um bones children's bones there like it's crazy terrible it ended up leading to an investigation um called operation rectangle and the the it recorded a total of 553 alleged offenses with 151 Fuck. named offenders and 192 victims on this island where in 2014 100,000 people lived yeah so insanity like something super fucked up was happening yeah oh that's so dark in that like that like top of the lake Yes. type of thing where it's like oh you don't you don't know the secrets that go on in these yes 
And apparently that kind of like privacy and all right. that is a real big deal there, of course. And part of the reason people live there, but then it uh, that breeds this kind of like nobody talking about anything and nobody knowing yeah, about anything. You can kind of hide in plain sight as like a fucking creep. And the underrepresented and the marginalized right. that gets sent to, a, you know, some horrible home somewhere. Yeah. You know, then it suddenly becomes. So. So anyway, uh, basically, they go to his house with, a you know, to, mm-hmm. to look into his house and um they find they oh she the quote that she said was he's the most loving caring man who would never hurt a child joan 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 okay so when the police questioned him about why he was driving so crazy he told them that he was on his way to an orgy and that's why he was dressed so oddly because he didn't want anyone to recognize him on the way to the orgy because of course everyone would know where he was going right in his car right um, he, then he explained away the nails sticking out of his clothing uh-huh. that he wanted to be prepared in case anyone attacked him with martial arts. <laughs> told the police. Oh, I do that too. Uh huh. It's always going to be ready with a series of nails. Uh huh. Nail, nail jewelry. Yeah. Um, so when they search the house, they find a locked secret room inside his room. Oh my God. He's already got his own annex. Oh my God. Then he's got a locked secret room. Tell me what's in it. Well, guess what it smells like? Must. Yes. He loves must. (laughs) (laughs) Febreze that shit? I mean, it's like one of the fucking clues. I mean... Uh, apparently this whole room smelled like the jacket. Oh my God. And inside the room, they find an old blue tracksuit. They have find an old raincoat, homemade wigs, which for some reason I find bone chilling. Yeah. And false eyebrows, which is also what? very creepy. Yeah. Um, so he was clearly playing with his appearance constantly. Yeah. So even if, even if they said, Oh, I was also at that bus stop and I saw that right. woman, but they, whatever description they would give would never be accurate. Yeah. Which was his plan. And what they start to realize is he he had these plans set in place for years. Yeah. Um, he because they found a camera hanging on a hook, and then they found photos of houses from around the island. Wow. And eventually they got out of him that he would choose his victims sometimes years in advance. What? He would take a picture of the house, he would memorize the map of the house. He knew exactly whose room was whose and what window to go into. So he would <sighs> never he never accidentally went into some wrong window and was in the parents' room. Yeah. He always knew which room the children's room was oh my god and he knew exactly when to go and when they were by themselves or when everybody was asleep like he planned it meticulously this is scaring me like no other story we've done has scared me it's the fucking scariest thing of all he is the legit boogeyman yeah like crazy um and then basically the nails for real were if somebody caught him right tried to grab his hand Ah. tried to grab his shoulder he would get away Oh, my God. Like, he had all these things planned to make sure he never got caught. And that's why he it happened for so long. What a um, psycho. Then they also found um, what they what they called in in um, in the blog I was reading. She refers to it as black magic and things related to black magic. But in another article I read, they were like a full on altar to Satan in his barn what? behind a red velvet curtain, which none that was not mentioned in any way in this blog, which I kind of, I trust her. She's so thoroughly researched. Um, 
Yeah, that's a little David Lynchy. It's a little, where do you get a red curtain and how come no one noticed a red <laughs> curtain in a barn? Yeah. I mean, it's always possible and it would be very striking um, <laughs> and effective for black magic <laughs> uses. You're like, I'm in the middle of a, of a field filled with gorgeous cows. I turn around. Here's this curtain out of nowhere. Okay, so anyway, um, all kinds of satanic shit, though, in this room. Um, so basically that i mean that's it he goes to trial and on november 29th 1971 it took 38 minutes yeah. to declare him guilty of all charges he's sentenced to 30 years in prison that's it and he gets out in 20 what he, he was a model prisoner he's paroled in 1991 stop it yeah stop he goes to prison in 1971 and he gets out in 1991 what the f but the he tries to move back to Jersey. Oh, hell no. And the people are like, yeah, no way. So he ends up moving to the Isle of Wight and he dies there of a heart attack in 1994. So I think the Isle of Wight <sighs> is, uh, from what I know, I think one of my favorite bands is from the Isle of Wight. And I think it's real sparse. Would you look that up really quick, Stephen? Think he's already doing it. But, oh um, my, 20 years? 20 years. Because it's all rape. I and know. this was the 70s yeah. when they were like, uh, yeah, I wish that was not like that anymore. I know. Let's be well, honest. it's getting better, though. Certain places. Sure. Like a, a serial rapist would not would not get out of jail in 20 years. They don't do that anymore. I mean, uh. I know every case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. Oh, I forgot. To, I forgot to believe you on everything. Yeah. OK, good. Yeah, OK, great. 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 Thanks for telling me, Karen. Let's see. OK. Was I right about the Isle of Wight? It's the Bees. I love oh, that I love fucking the band. band. The Bees. Chicken Payback. Best yeah. song ever. Um, <laughs> Steven, you just you just looked up the musicians. Oh wait, but do we know anything about the here? Here, let me just actually say notable bands from. <laughs> oh, uh, whatever. Isle of Wight. It's the second. Lar it's the largest and second mo po most populous isle island in England. Right. So I was totally wrong. We'll about do a that. show there. Fine. Oh my god, let's go to the Isle of Wight. Okay. They have a, a really good um, music festival there, I believe. The, again, that could be bullshit. Um, I believe you. I believe me. Uh, oh. So anyway, then. Oh, this is the final thing in that Operation Rectangle. The police and had to actually announce um, that there was no firm evidence linking Paynell to any of the abuse that took place at that Catholic nun home. It was called the Hot de la Garenne. Mm -hmm. That's I did not pronounce that right. Um, where really terrible things happened. So they had to say there's there's no, you know, yeah. Beast of Jersey is not connected to this. Although he was a known to be a regular visitor there. Oh, what a coincidence. So basically they're just saying there's no firm evidence, but he also came here all the time. Yeah. And horrible things happened to likes the children here. To hang out at this place. Yeah. Like, wow. So horrible, horrible. Uh and freakishly like how how did i never hear of any of that yeah. before well i have a similar one oh horrible horrible freakish how did i never hear about this before oh shit georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, another list list of horrible things that have happened. Yes. Uh, this one I've heard the name, but I'd never heard it. I'd never known what happened, surprisingly. Um, this is the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run, a.k.a. the Cleveland Torso Killer. Ah, shit. <laughs> God damn it. Were you going to do it for Cleveland? I, yes. But I knew it, it's such a good one that has we have, neither of us have done for yeah. so long that it's just been dangling out there. Yeah. Well, well done, you. Thank you. I yeah. swooped in. I apologize. Got to do it. But here I here I go. Here you go. Let me try to make do it. Give it justice. Okay. And everything. So 1930s Cleveland. It's the sixth largest city in America, but it's the most dangerous because of uh, they have a high rate of traffic accidents, which oh. sucks, yeah. and rampant organized crime along with antiquated police force. One of the high crime areas was on the south side of the city known as Kingsbury Run. It's a riverbed like ravine located near the suburb of Shaker Heights. And it's where the train tracks run along. Um, so a lot of transients riding the rails in the 1930s would camp out there. Um, and in the Depression era of 1930s, it was this dark, dreary, dangerous place. Um, and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. It was like a hobo camp at that point, basically. Yeah. Yes. So, and hobo is okay to say. I know, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Many people told us it stands for homeboy, which means like I'm on my way home, boy. Right. Like I'm on the train. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's a makeshift. They call it a hobo jungle. And um, it's just that it's just this crazy transient encampments with box, made of boxes and, you know, thrown together houses and this sort of thing. Um, and it's right next to uh, a place known as the Roaring Third, which is kind of like this neighborhood that's home to bars and brothels, flop houses, gambling places. It's like the fucking down and dirty area, mm -hmm. all grimy. Um, and this is the setting where the most notorious murder cases in Cleveland's history start to happen. Wow. In in September 1935, two teenage boys and this is a, this is a lot of people stumbling along along a lot of body parts in this <laughs> ep, in this show. Yep. So, in September 1935, two teenage boys playing at the base of Jackass Hill in Kingsbury <laughs> Run. Yes. Yep. How could you not go to Jackass Hill every day if you were like 12? Yeah. Come I'm on. going. Yes. Yeah. Where else will we play? Please. Um, but, 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 okay. 
All right. So they discover the decapitated, emasculated, they call it, body of a white male. Oh, shit. Can you fucking imagine? Like, is it worse to come upon a body or a fucking headless body? Headless body. Yeah, you're right. That's been emasculated. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. So their lives are ruined. Because here's the thing. Can I just say? Yeah. If you come upon a body... You don't know what happened. Any right. number of things could have happened. Right. You come upon a headless, emasculated body, you immediately know someone did that to that someone person. Someone like headless it, and emasculated him. Someone did it intentionally. Oh, Jesus Christ. Unless it's the worst car accident of all time, <laughs> which it isn't. Okay, the body is naked except for a pair of socks. And I know. Worse. I know. Cleaned and drained of blood. And um, the cause of death is the decapitation. Yeah. Which is horrifying. But sorry, cleaned and drained of blood like Black Dahlia style? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wait. Uh-huh. Um, so the area is being searched by the police. They get there. They're like probably talking those kids down from freaking <laughs> the fuck out. Oh, my God. And around 30 feet away, another male corpse is found. <laughs> This body, in the same position, and, and the head and genitals also had been removed. Ugh. The body appeared to be a 40-year-old male, covered with a chemical preservative, and appeared to have been dead for at least a couple of weeks before being dumped after becoming too de- decayed, almost as if someone had tried to preserve the body wherever he was, wasn't working, got rid of the body. Super creepy that we can hear a train right Fucking now. Fucking riding those rails. <laughs> scared me. I know. Right? Can you hear that, Stephen? The mad butcher of Kingsbury Run is on that train right now, for all we know. Wow, there hasn't been a train gone by here (laughs) in over 25 years. Okay, close to the bodies, though, they find both heads, (gasps) as well as both sets of genitals. They discarded them as though they had just been thrown away. Um, No blood is found on the ground or on the bodies, and so they had been cleaned somewhere else. Ugh. Yeah. The younger man, the first body that was found, had been dead for about three days and his fingerprints were uh, able to lead him to the, to who he was. He was Edward Andresy. He's a 28-year-old guy who, minor police record for carrying a concealed weapon. He lived near Kingsbury Run. He was kind of a rough and tumble dude. He had a reputation for being a drunk and frequently getting into fights. Um, and when they did the autopsy, based on the cuts, the operation was done very skillfully, and the investigators suspected that the killer might be a butcher, a surgeon, or at least someone familiar with killing animals, which seems like it's always the case. Like, I think if you don't know what you're doing, you don't try to start doing that. Or like, you get, you kind of get like a, you get like a fetish for it. Yeah. If you do it to like animals, maybe? Maybe if you're a certain, certain, certain sort of psychopath. Right. Oh, sorry. That was the, the John Ronson book that I started uh-huh. with. Audiobook was The Psychopath Test. Oh. That's the whole reason yeah. that all started. And it's such a good book. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I should have said that before. <laughs> but, but it basically, there's no difference, the relatively no difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. Yeah. It's all, he goes into all of that. But anyway, it's relevant. It, it's very relevant okay. but like that you couldn't just a normal person if you were going to kill somebody even if you planned it out yeah if you were you would have to be devoid of feeling to do all that stuff yeah because you yeah you you'd have to be a certain uh mental type to be able to c- clean a body drain it of blood cut it 
cut pieces of it off. Yeah. Like the thought of, so like I'm a pretty normal person and the thought of having to, <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just nodded your head in the most sarcastic way. Was that involuntary? It was, it was silent. <laughs> it was, was that involuntary? <laughs> Uh, it was conversational. I appreciate it, though, because I don't want to be normal. I mean, in that I'm not a psychopath. So the thought of true, having true. to go from here to killing someone is such a huge leap that the people who are OK doing it must be clo- must be fucking closer to that already. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it's a I don't think it's like a line in the sand. I think it is a total is light on or off. Right. Because there's nothing worse. Like and you watch a, when you're watching a movie and people like, ugh. What was that fucking, um, oh, that movie, the Ewan McGregor movie he would let made him a star. Oh, um, where they some... kill their roommate. Trans- oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, it was the one where they, it was the three roommates. They decide to kill the fourth roommate or maybe they don't kill him, but he's dead and they cut up his body. And it, it basically having to watch people who aren't yeah like that have to do something that horrible is like, I hate any movie like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's so stressful. Okay. Because then you just picture you would have to do that. Well, did you watch the second season of Search Party? No, I haven't watched it yet. It's so good. They're all just dealing with, I'm not going to spoil it, but they're dealing with the ramifications of the first. And uh, what's her name? Aaliyah Shawcrat. She is so good. She's such a great actress. She's a great actress. And this whole season of her just having stress over what what they did. It's amazing. It's really hard to watch. I bet that's very stressful. Oh, it's Shallow Grave. Sorry. Oh, okay, never seen it. Okay. It's a, it's a good movie, but so stressful in that yeah. way where it's just like to they do it for money, but like when you when you entertain that idea, yeah. where you'd be like what would it take for you to cut up a human body? Yeah. I just don't there isn't an amount of money. I don't think so for me either. I'd rather go to jail. Cuz it it would PTSD you into infinity. Totally. Okay. Totally. The older man, the second body is impossible to identify. And that's a fucking theme. Most of these bodies that are found are never identified. Um, they hope that it would be easy to find the killer because the guy who they could identify, Edward, was, you know, had this trail through sleazy bars and gambling places. And he's known to be a procurer of young girls for prostitution and also admitted to have male lovers. So it was like, it's going to be one of these people from this, this area of the He was a gay pimp in Cleveland? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's from the Roaring Third. They're like, it's going to be someone here in yeah. King- or in Kingsbury Run. Easy. Yeah. But they uh, follow lead after lead and they can't find any that really good suspects. And uh, it leads, the investigation leads nowhere. So the press starts calling him, calling the killer the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run, which is like such a cool fucking name. Yeah, it's really good. So a couple months later, on Jan- in January of 1936, a woman discovers two half bushel baskets left alongside a manufacturing building in the city. Inside the basket, baskets and neatly wrapped in newspaper, she finds about half the body of a female. Whoa. The rest of her body is found about 10 days later in a vacant lot nearby i mean people are stumbling upon nightmare after nightmare also if it was wrapped it said it was wrapped in newspaper so she unwrapped it and be like what's in here she's like this could be a stack of money yeah that's totally what i I would be like (laughs) look at this stained wet money i can't wait to unwrap it and spend it Fuck no, so fuck. Also, because it's the it's like you're saying depression era. Yeah, like, she's like, is this fucking food? Maybe this please. is food. I'm starving. Let this be. How about some nice dishes? Nope. How about a nightmare for the rest of your oh, life? God, some nice dishes. 
from the five and dime. Um, okay. The cause of death, again, is decapitation. Fingerprints identify the body as Florence Polilo or Flo. She's this fucking, like... Flo Polilo. Flo Polilo. She's this, like, salty fucking older woman. There's, like, a good photo of her online. She's a waitress, a barmaid, and a sex worker. She clearly doesn't give a fuck. Carries a shank in her purse, like, obviously. She's doing it. She's getting hurt. She's stacking that paper. Until she got decapitated. Ugh. At the time of her death, she lived right on the edge of the Roaring Third, and her head is never found. Whoa. Okay. In June of 1936, in Kingsbury Run, two young boys are fucking out doing stuff, and they find the head of a white male wrapped in a pair of trousers. What? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Those poor kids. Police found the body of the 20-some-year-old man the next day. So they found the head. Then they found the body the next day, dumped in front of the, a police building. Whoa. Cleaned and drained of blood. Everything's intact except for the head, again, caused by decapitation, which is like, if we're going to really talk about it, I don't want to. That's the fucking one of the worst ways to die. He Being died de of decapitation. Yeah, but it's fast, isn't it? Yeah, you got to hope. Um, what if it's like for 20 minutes well, you're alive in your head? <laughs> that's why. <laughs> worse. But that's why you want someone who's actually good at, uh, who's like, is a butcher or a surgeon. Yeah, you don't want someone hacking away no. at your neck. No. 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 You want a nice guillotine style. Boom. Make it quick. What was that? I didn't feel anything. <sighs> Lord Jesus, is that you? Yeah. Or whoever your Lord might be. Yeah. I'll take anyone at that point. Yeah. Just get me out of here. Yeah. A plaster reproduction. Okay, this is creepy. A plaster reproduction of the man's head, because they couldn't identify him, along with diagrams of his tattooed, are displayed so the public can try to identify him. And it's this creepy, like, plaster mask. It's so gross. That's the one thing I do remember about this. Like, yeah. all the details are very fuzzy as until you say them, but <sighs> though I can see those masks. Yeah. There's a lot of them, and you actually can see them. <gasps> In Cleveland, we should go when we when at the Cleveland Police Museum. They have a bunch Fuck of them. Yes. We're going. Yes. Yeah. Two ticks. Two I thought ticks. you were going to pull that out. <laughs> I did that. Um, he's <clears throat> called the Tattooed Man, and he's never identified. Oh. So in July 1936, uh, while walking through the woods near the west side, a teenage girl comes across the decapitated remains of a white male in his 40s. The victim had been dead about two months and his head, as well as a pile of bloody clothing, was found nearby. Ugh. Like, who is doing this? Also, two months? That thing. Yeah. Did she not, from 50 paces, she go, had this to. something smells terrible? But probably back then, everything smelled bad. Oh, true. You know? True, true, true. Um the, this, this was back when you had to put deodorant on it was in a pot ugh. and you had to put it on Ew. like cream deodorant have you ever seen that no and you didn't probably shower a lot right yeah and you just slapped on some cream deodorant yeah no gross ugh. by hand no mm -hmm. um so this time though there's an enormous quantity of blood so they're like he must have been killed there in the forest? Yeah, mm -hmm. in the woods. Then in September 1936, uh, so two months later, a transient trips over the upper half of a man's torso <laughs> Fuck. while trying to hop on a train in Kingsbury Run. Oh, did he get on that train? I don't know. I hope so. He is trying to catch a train and he trips and that's what it is. Oh. Insult, injury. <laughs> Police send a diver into a nearby swimming hole, like sewer area, and find the lower half of the torso and parts of both of his legs. I hope that diver uh, was compensated <laughs> handsomely. Handsomely. Because also it's a swimming hole, so it'd be all murky. It's really probably a gross place. It's more feeling around than uh, diving with your eyes. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, this victim, who's the number six victim, is in his late 20s, cause of death, decapitation. Coroner notes that the head had been cut off with one bold, clean stroke, which indicated strong, competent killer, very familiar with the human anatomy, and that the victim died instantly. So that's good. Thank God. Identifications never made. Because, you know, this is the time back then where it's all these transients trying to get jobs. They're, they're riding the rails from city to city, trying to not be in the cold, freezing cold winter, Ugh. trying to make a little bit of money anywhere they can so it's just this huge transient population yeah so these and it seems like the killer you know used that to his his advantage because if they can't identify the victims they can't track who they spoke to who they were who they were friends with yeah clearly it was a decision that was being made exactly of who to pick exactly um so uh plaster casts again are made and some with actual hair from the victims no and the plaster cast not necessary no we get it brown hair yeah that's thanks. all you just need. type that on a card mm-hmm. so uh this makes six kill- brutal killings in one year and the police had no clues or suspects the press reported almost daily on this everyone's freaking the fuck out yeah the officials are. are super desperate and embarrassed and uh everyone's like what is crapping everyone's like watch where you walk don't walk anywhere tripping over bodies has become a big thing here. yeah it's the new it's all the rage <laughs> Around this time, um, around the time that these started, Elliot Ness, who's the legendary prohibition agent, you know, we all know Elliot Ness. It's Kevin Costner. <laughs> I remember. I remember watching The Untouchables when I was a kid, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> I think that's not a kid movie. No, I, really. I will never forget. And I will never forget. There's a scene where he takes a baseball bat and bashes someone's head in. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. And yet I still remember that scene very well. Yeah. You, yeah. It really fucked me up. He was the good guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know why that was. Anyways, Elliot Ness. Um, so he, at this point, is appointed safety director of Cleveland, which means he's in charge of cops and firefighters and everything he gets more involved in the case they put a psychological profile together saying that the offender was a psychopath although probably not obviously insane he had some knowledge of anatomy um and he would have been very skilled at cutting flesh obviously because decapitations are very messy it was believed that he had access to some private space where the murders were performed um and if this was true, then the fact that the bodies had been carried long distances to be dumped indicated that he was probably really strong. Mm-hmm. So he also may have been familiar with the Kingsbury Run area. And um, yeah. And then two full time detectives are put on the case. These two dudes go undercover into Kingsbury Run like Shantytown, which sounds so much fucking fun. Doesn't oh, it? shit. What? Why isn't there a movie about this? I don't know. Because that's amazing. I think it's called The Adventures of Natty Gan, isn't it? <laughs> She went into a shanty to solve know. decapitation murder. Oh, no, no, no. That's part two. <laughs> she was so brave, that little girl. That would kind of be amazing. Like female empowerment. She just, just keeps tripping over her torso. <laughs> marching through. Yeah. Hand me that head. She didn't give a fuck. Um... So they get it, they get a fucking go undercover. There's like photos of them too online of like being like, Oh, look at me being a hobo. And it's like, it's like if you were to dress up as a quote hobo for fucking Halloween, yeah. like how you'd look. No, sorry. Can I sidebar this? Yes. 
Because I did dress up as a hobo one year. Okay. I may have told you. Yeah. It was my own idea because right around age eight, I think my mom started telling me I was on my own Halloween costume style. So it was just like whatever you could gather around the house (laughs) was your costume. A hundred percent. One time I was a caddy because I found old a small old set of golf clubs in the garage. Then only, so you just carried golf clubs around yeah. with you the whole night. Yeah, that what was my fuck? costume. Was how like did we manual labor? How did we? Uh, why didn't we? Why didn't anyone care? No one what your kids? And then you go, you dress as a fucking caddy, and then it's like go out by yourself at night and <laughs> knock on people's doors and ask for candy. But it didn't. I didn't make it to the night with the caddy outfit because at at school in the like Halloween parade, mm-hmm. I learned my lesson of like I'm carrying twenty pounds <laughs> yeah. of golf clubs for no reason. But and also in this day and age, can you imagine a parent being like, make your own costume? Yeah, they would be arrested and like you would never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I the that year I became I was a hobo. So I just had a bunch of old clothes and, yeah. you know, it was the classic 70s child costume. Sure. But what I thought was going to be innovative is I put Vaseline on my face and then I put coffee grounds on the Vaseline <gasps> so that it looked oh, like I had a beard. a beard. And it was fun and creative until the part where we all ate delicious snacks started happening and everything I ate tasted like <laughs> coffee because that was what was on my face. And I ruined Halloween for myself. No. My mother ruined <laughs> Halloween for me. I think the 70s ruined Halloween. <laughs> they were, how did any of us enjoy fucking anything? Mm, that's a great question. It was all Abba Zabba anyway. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, ba, ba, ba. They're we're, dressed up like... Right. Okay, okay, thank you. They interview more than 1,500 people. It becomes the biggest police investigation in Cleveland history. And then on February 1937, a man finds the upper half of a female torso washed up on shore, on the shore east of Bratanal. Got that wrong. Bratanal? Bratanal? B-R-A-H-T. Brat, E-N-A-H-L. Bratanal. I hear Cleveland screaming it at us from the audience <laughs> right now of our fucking Cleveland show. It sounds like, rah, 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 yeah, like rah, okay. Scooby-Doo talk. Right. Unlike all the previous victims, the cause of death had not been decapitation because that had happened after she had already been dead. And the lower half of the torso washed ashore three months later at about East 30th Street. The woman was in her late 20s. She's never identified. Wow. So it's weird, too, that again, like with your dude, they're changing up the M.O.s. Yes. So it's almost like, you know, nobody's fucking safe. Yeah, because if they do it long enough, they're like developing and fine tuning right. to their own creepy. I mean, it becomes for both these cases. It's not about it's not it's about the act, not about the victim and not about the want and a need. It's more like about this obsession. Yeah. So this, it doesn't matter if you do it on a boy or a girl or a grown woman or, you know. Right. It's all the. Yeah, it's the planning and the and the picking and the right. all, all that. It's enjoying, it's enjoying. What it's you're being doing. a psychopath. Yeah, it's being a murderous lunatic psychopath. Totally. June nineteen thirty seven. A teenage boy discovers a human skull um, next to it in a burlap bag. Is several remains of what turned out to be a petite black woman. So this time it's a black woman, which changes the mo. She's about forty years old. Dental dental work. Uh, shows that she is Rose Wallace and police follow every lead they have on her, but nothing is found. Ugh. 
Then in July 1937, the National Guard had been called to maintain order at the flats or where all, you know, everything's going on. And a young guardsman is standing watch by a bridge and sees the first piece of victim number nine in the wake of a passing tugboat. Ooh. Over the next few days, police recovered the entire body except for the head from the waters of the Cuyahoga River. The victim who had been mutilated what is was in his mid to late thirties, he's never identified. God. How did, it's crazy. Did it come off the tugboat, perhaps? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, like, did it did it make anyone go maybe that because mm. if you were on a boat, if you were the yeah. captain, say you were like a crab fisherman or something. Okay. You're not near the ocean, but so, some that is a yeah. it, it's a vessel where you could be by yourself totally and you could clean things ooh and you could rinse things off in the water in the, in the water <laughs> that surrounds you that's a good point thank you um let's look into that okay in 1938 a young laborer is on his way to work in the flats and saw what he first thought was a dead fish along the banks of the Cuyahoga river turns out to be the lower half of a woman's leg this is victim number 10 a month later police pulled two burlap bags out of the river containing both parts of the torso and most of the rest of the legs she's never identified wow okay then in august 1938 three scrap collectors foraging in a dump site which are like don't do that in cleveland right now guys guys this is the time where you maybe get into writing right maybe go internal yeah don't don't do any kind of garbage based uh activities. No, exactly. They find the torso of a woman wrapped in a man's double breasted blue blazer, then wrapped again in an old quilt. The legs and arms are discovered in a recently constructed makeshift box wrapped in brown butcher paper and held together with rubber bands. And this is the weirdest one to me because it's makes me think that there and obviously that's this is one of the ideas is that it's a lot of different killers because this one's like it's disposed of so differently and i'm shocked that they couldn't find any clue based on that from a suit jacket where at back when everything was tailor-made yeah from the suit jacket to the to the box to the rubber bands to the quilt it's like I'm, it's so crazy that they couldn't find anything. And and maybe if it just if it were the same killer, they're they've done it so many times that right. now they're ta- taunting the police of right. like here's a ton of clues and you're still not going to find me. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Yeah, because there's a big difference between a burlap sack and a, a blazer. Yeah, it's very weird. And it's like, the, it's hidden more than it, more than it was. And it was in a dump site. So it was like, it wasn't left out to be found. So I bet this one is, I bet this one is made, is like the husband made to look like. Oh yeah. It's one of the victims. Oh yeah. Of the torso killer. Smart. Don't you think? Um, and it says that some of the parts look like they had been refrigerated. While searching for more pieces, the police discover the remains of a second body only yards away. Never mind. So, well, maybe that was her lover. (laughs) Maybe. Here we go. These two bodies have been placed in a location that was in plain view from Elliot Ness's office window. Whoa. So, yeah. Toying with him? Well, also, his office was close to a dump site. Yeah. Like the dumps? Yeah. Essentially? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if... mm, theories what well if it so maybe it was like let's say it was the husband who killed the the wife and the lover and wanted them to get found because he wants the insurance money but they're gonna just assume that it was killed by the torso killer so it wasn't like he murdered them right 
I don't know. That'd be a great plan. Yeah. It, Thank you. And that mean, and by that I mean terrible. I mean awful. Really. So, August 18th, 1938, at 12.40 a.m., Elliot Ness and a group of 35 police officers and detectives raid the hobo jungles of the Kingsbury Run. They arrest 63 men there, and they search the uh, shanties that they are, that are now deserted, looking for clues. But you can't decapitate and emasculate a body in a shanty. Mm-hmm. So they just go after the poorest unrepresented Mm-hmm. People. Well, they think because all these bodies seem to be of transience that it must be one of their own. Okay. Doing it. All right. But yeah, they're not going to do it in the shanty. Um, There's very little privacy in the shanty town. Mm-hmm. That's true. From my experience. That's a country song, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I need time to myself in the shanty town. <laughs> um, and then they set the shacks on fire and burn the whole fucking shanty what town the to fuck? the ground. Yeah. That's what the fucking Cleveland people said, too. What the fuck? Non-solution. Non-solution. The press are really pissed off about it, too. They criticize Ness for his actions. Um, But the murders did stop after this happened. Oh, maybe. Okay. Okay. In July 1939, they uh, bring in their suspect... 52-year-old Bohemian bricklayer Frank Dolezal. 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 Oh, like Rachel Dolezal? Mm -hmm. The woman who posed to Mm -hmm. be black? How did she spell it? (gasps) D-O-L-E-Z-A-L? I think. Yes. That's off. That was off right off the top of my head. Dolezal. Well, what a rich history that family has had. (laughs) I mean, so he's arrested because he had lived with Flo, our friend Flo, and who had been was the body that was found in the baskets he had lived with her for a while and it revealed that he had been acquainted with the two other identified bodies edward andersey and rose wallace oh so after a ton of questioning and got and getting beat the fuck up by (laughs) investigators he confesses that he had stabbed her killed her in self-defense but uh he didn't know any of the case details and um it didn't it it he kept getting bruises and injuries (laughs) From his time in custody with the Cleveland police, and within a month, he in in custody, he's found dead in his cell. Oh no! He, it said he hung himself with his bed sheets. Um, f- he from a uh, f- uh, a hook that was five foot seven inches tall off the ground, and he was five foot eight. No, oh. so that math doesn't add up. And when the medical records show he had four broken, he had broken ribs and bruises all over his body that were not there before he entered prison. Yeah. So not fucking, I'm just telling you the information I read, not saying anything. (laughs) That's really good call. But yeah, that's, that all sounds, the problem with that too is when you kill the suspect, even if it's a bad suspect, you still don't know anything. Right. Like you're, you're still cutting off that line of information. Well, it's almost like you, you're not learning anything and you get more and more angry about it. And so you hurt him more and more to get more information. But if he doesn't know the information, he can't give it to you. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, to this day, no one thinks that he is the killer. Ugh. All the like historians and shit. Um, so, but it turns out there is a secret suspect that Elliot Ness interrogated in 1938, but it didn't come out who it was until the 1970s. Was it Herbert Hoover? It was Herbert Hoover! 
turns out it was a deranged doctor yes named, of course sorry i love that yeah dr francis e sweeney and he sounds like you know a fucking classic deranged doctor okay murderer type love it he's a veteran of world war one who was part of the medical unit that conducted amputations why did you just laugh steven <laughs> i was trying to cover up a sneeze oh okay good we're like oh steven's finally as fucked up as us oh, oh no. no he's sneezing i thought you laughed so hard that you like had to cover your face what if steven that that's when it's revealed steven's intensely evil and has uh-huh. been this entire time it's the thing the thing that gets him is world war one amputees yeah it's his fucking favorite <laughs> that's when steven's real personality mm-hmm. steve comes out steve hey steve um Okay, so he's part of a medical unit that conducted amputations and patchings up in the field. During the interrogation by Elliot Ness, who's like at this point losing his shit because he's so embarrassed that he can't find the killer. Right. Sweeney said to have, quote, failed to pass two polygraph tests, but they were kind of in their early stages at the time. So that's, you know, we don't totally know. (laughs) Back then it was just a third cop holding your finger and then going, (laughs) lying, not lying. Very (laughs) early, rudimentary. (laughs) That's exactly right. You can see that. You can see that in the Cleveland Cop Museum, too. Just (laughs) that same cop sitting there. We're going to go meet him. Look, it's the original lie detector. (laughs) He's just screaming in people's faces. That guy, O'Leary, he was amazing. Why? Best lie detector. (laughs) He was a lie detective. That's right. I don't know. It seems that, okay, so it seems like Elliot Ness definitely thought that fucking creepy Francis E. Sweeney was the killer. But. Uh, there isn't a lot of information on it because it turns out that Sweeney was the first cousin of one of Elliot Ness's political opponents, Congressman Martin L. Sweeney, Uh-oh. who had been hounding Elliot Ness in the press publicly about his failure to catch the killer. So he was about to run again, so it would look really bad if he was like, well, guess what? It's your cousin who's the killer, <laughs> and no one would believe him. And then if he were wrong, it would ruin his career, Elliot yep. Ness's career, too. Yes. Very high stakes. Right. So he's like, fuck, I can't do this, but I totally think it's this dude and then he was like told everyone don't fucking tell anyone and no one fucking told anyone until this dude was writing a book in the 1970s and was like shit it was fucking frank e sweeney so after he comes under suspicion dr sweeney commits himself to an insane asylum and there are no more leads or connections that police could assign to him as a possible suspect from his hospital confinement he's threatening postcards signed by sweeney uh, mocked and harassed sent to Elliot Ness and they mocked and harassed him and his family into the 1950s whoa he'd sign them F.E. Sweeney paranoial paran- paranoidal nemesis paranoidal paranoidal nemesis wow mm-hmm okay of course I mean that's like kind of admitting that you did it oh yeah like that's crazy yeah he's crazy um it's possible of course that there were many murderers and copycats which I think might be the case similar decapitation murders occurred in neighboring newcastle pennsylvania as well from 1923 to 1940 and none of those were ever solved either either so there's a lot of similar cases um and before the first two bodies were ever found in 1934 a woman's torso washed up on the um shores of lake erie outside of cleveland the victim's flesh had um, also had the chemicals on it that looked like it had been um, trying to embalm her. Mm. And uh, they called her the Lady of the Lake. But it wasn't until later that they put those, they made the connection that they were all, they could have been the same killer. Oh, wow. Um, ba, 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 do, 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 do. Okay. 
Okay, so it's also been theorized that the Cleveland Torso murder cases have some connection to the January 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. In fact, one of the many suspects from Cleveland um, was living a few blocks away from where the body of the Black Dahlia was found, severed in half and drained of blood. No fucking way. Way. So somebody that got interviewed for... for that way back in the 30s for those murders in cleveland 15 years before uh-huh. moves out to sunny ca couple blocks away to try his hand at acting uh-huh. or what have you <laughs> Fuck. yeah like what are the fucking chances the very low i would guess or was he was he like maybe he did kill her and he just wasn't also the killer of the torso people in cleveland that would even wouldn't that even be more of a coincidence? Yeah, no, 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 because he'd been following the murders that whole time in Cleveland. He was like, "That sounds like fun," and he killed her. So he was either he way was copycatting as well. Yeah, either way, he he killed the Black Dahlia. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting to note that Dr. Sweeney, who didn't die until 1964, spent the rest of his life committed. He was allowed to leave for days or weeks at a time. Why? Because he committed himself. Oh, until his permanent institutionalization in 1955. So maybe that motherfucker went to California for all. Yeah, where where'd he go when he got to leave? Great question. Ooh, um, Ness's inability to catch the killer drove him fucking crazy, and it also tarnished his reputation, which we know is like fucking super historic and yeah, godly. Um, and official police records on the case have been lost, destroyed, or removed. Shit. And so ClevelandPoliceMuseum.com, a lot of good information there and a lot of photos. And there's some gruesome ones, too, just so you guys know. And also a website called PrairieGhosts.com. Got, Prairie a, lot ghosts. Of, got a lot of good information there as well. Nice. So that is the, uh, the Cleveland Torso um, Killer or the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Wow. Yeah. Also, the fact that that the that ends with hooking up to uh-huh. another great unsolved mystery mm-hmm. is insane. Like it's so good. I know. And crazy. Yeah. Because then that means potentially it's some say thirty years from now <gasps> they find some kind of cat whatever. Like what if one day it's solved and it's not it's the Black Dahlia and. <laughs> The Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Do you think the Black Dahlia will ever be solved? I mean, that's what I asked for for Christmas. (laughs) So, yes, I believe that Santa can hear me. A speck of DNA. And then they put it through CODIS and it's it's the relation DNA that they have now that's so cool. Oh, yeah. Where it can be like... uh, it you're the 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 person whose dna this matches is is related to this other person who's in codis oh so even if they're not in codis which because they'll be so old it wouldn't be in there but they could be like this is the person's great-grandson so they could track them down anyway yeah if that person is in codis did you ever listen to that series and i'm not gonna be able to remember it off oh no i can it's hollywood and crime oh yeah did you listen to that and it's mm-hmm. like basically all those there were a bunch of similar murders before and after that podcast is so fucking good hollywood and crime if you haven't listened to it man it's good it and is, it is it it wades right into all this whole the black dahlia territory the black dahlia thing is it's it's so much bigger than you thought yeah and it's uh it's a great podcast yeah it tells 
all these stories it tells it so well uh-huh. it's like all, it's reenactments i feel like i recognize some of the actors that are playing mm. like the cops and stuff yeah there's some really good voice acting in it yeah it's listen great. to it from the beginning because it's not it's episodic it's not yeah and not. you need to know because there's all these it's all yeah. connected it's like it's amazing it's so good uh that was great uh thank cleveland. you cleveland we'll cleveland we'll see you soon um, <laughs> we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Um, okay. <clears throat> All right. Good job, us. Good job, us. That was really fun. 2018. 2018. Um, let's yes. do it. More haunted trains in the background of 2018. I can't ever move from here or else I'm not going to have a haunted train. I know it's the best. Should um, we start uh, recording from a fucking. Train, haunted train train yeah. boxcar yes boxcar from the dining car of a train <gasps> where we have to wear like 40s outfits mm-hmm. and those pillbox hats with netting down the front martinis snoots martinis with tons of olives i mean here's the thing if more if we get threatened by nuclear war even just a little bit more uh-huh. i feel like i should start drinking again i feel like nothing bad will happen um, I think wait till the first bomb is dropped. Okay. And then I support you. But then you're right. You're right. Wouldn't it be a bummer if you died of a seizure <laughs> before you could die of nuclear <laughs> holocaust? Wait till you're ready to die of a seizure. Okay. Um, promise me. But here's the thing. The just so it's just as an FYI, the liquor and the seizures are not directly related. The reason I can't drink is because the my medicine's bad on my liver. Oh. So you can't you basically like will like speed yourself into liver failure if you keep <sighs> drinking. But it's it's not good for it. But it won't immediately make me have a seizure. Okay. If we so how until how long? <laughs> I think I got a good six months bender in me before I drop. I don't think that we're going to be around that much longer. Okay. I think this holo- this nuclear holocaust is coming. Now, coming this is us. the end where we say something positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this is the upswing uh-huh. after the murder. <laughs> I had such a good time doing jack shit over the holidays that I'm like, you know what? When the nuclear... Ho- Vince and I are going to hole up in here. We've got water. We've got cat food. I will like to say this. Do you know that I got in an argument with someone about how I wouldn't eat my cats? <laughs> what the fuck? And they were like, you have to? I just remembered I got really mad at this guy. <laughs> my friend's cousin at the magic castle good because we got in this argument about like uh you you'd eat your what you would eat your cats and i'm like i'd kill myself before i eat my cats if i'm like if i have to and he's like no you wouldn't I'm like fuck you i got like so mad <laughs> and i was like why am i talking to this guy and turned away <laughs> also first of all have you ever seen this cat there's not an exactly. ounce of meat on his body For what? that's what i was saying for what three extra days that's just giblets yeah I mean, you got nothing going on in that cat that, that pouch on his belly is just skin that's yeah you could you could chew on it but yeah still so i'd have three extra days of living knowing i'd eaten my cat i'd but rather just die sorry why are we entertaining this this is a person that's someone's cousin you don't even know them and they're telling you how you would be they do they know that my cats have instagram accounts yeah they don't know shit about your kids your cats like are money makers you're not gonna eat them i love my cats so much that i have an instagram account for them yeah i'm not gonna eat them that's the only way to prove love anymore i know yeah like when a vet tries to tell me about how to take care of my cats i'm like they have an instagram account clearly i'm that's like all I think about. And then you slam the door. Yeah. And they have 6,600 followers. Oh. Bill me. Uh, anyhow, so peace and love to everybody. Well, oh, this is what I was going to say. Don't take the nuclear strike off your worry table. Okay. Because there are 
just reams and loads of people in between. There is no button on his desk. Okay. That's not how it's happening. Yeah. And there's people, there's things happening. Do you think that they put like a, one of those staples? You, uh, we got, <laughs> you got that buttons on his desk. I'm like, here. No, it's totally. And it goes bing bong. And, and then he's keeps like, pressing yeah. It. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, it's not, it's not going to go down like that. Okay. All I'm, right. I'll worry about other things in the meantime. I feel like, I feel like there's so much to worry about. And that one is so overarching as a child of yeah. the, as a true child of the nuclear age, right. where that was actually a true concern of ours. Like they would talk to us about it in school. Yeah, That's how old I am. Uh, don't do that to yourself. Cause it's just, okay. you know, it's just because and the dark thing to say, but it's like, because you maybe the thing you should be worried about is getting hit by a bus <laughs> like you just don't know yeah we don't i'm know. thinking globally and i with problems and i need to think locally you need to act locally yeah <laughs> act, that's right. think locally with problems and i need to make you a martini clearly oh man i'm just saying i'm just saying and i know i've said this before i'm really good being drunk i'm just like i don't slur i don't try to tell you secrets i don't fucking do well, any then of that why would shit. i want to hang out with you and give you a drink because <laughs> I, I bring all this other stuff to the table slurring and secrets are my favorite how do you feel about fist fights because <laughs> i think as a girl you probably haven't gone into the realm the way you could have the way you can but in one fist fight do you know that the, I do? I've never actually gotten into a fist fight, but one time in a total whiskey blackout at on New Year's <laughs> at the San Francisco Punchline uh-huh. in the nineties, uh-huh. I a girl leaned across the bar and started yelling at the bartender. Now it could have been his girlfriend; uh-huh. she could have been doing a bit. It was a comedy club. Uh-huh. I do not know what was going on. All I know is the next thing I did is grab her finger and twist it around <gasps> her back, and because it the bartender was really nice yeah. and it made me like what she was doing was so fucking irritating yeah. to me and then the next thing i knew there was a big circle of people standing way back from me and the girl was crying and going why did you do that and then i was like uh-oh what did i do i had no idea what i did oh my god Karen. and then my friend like basically had to usher me out because i i was like wait what happened and i didn't know that i'd finger assaulted her you're not getting a drink i'm sorry I, it it gets pretty serious pretty quick <laughs> Um, but it sounds fun. It is fun. Well, it, you know what it is? Cause you know, sometimes you go out and nothing happens. Yeah. That would never happen with me. <laughs> There's always something is going to go down. Oh man. All right. Last day on the planet. Yeah. Meet me here. Great. With a bottle of. Well, let's go out. Malort. Let's meet okay. here and then we're going to go somewhere. Okay. Yeah. We'll start here. And. Oh, and you know, Vince is like the funniest drunk. That's he's the greatest. Yeah. And he'd probably be able to keep me in line. Yeah. I was Steven, think. you're our designated driver. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no. Steven, you're going to do last day Uber. Uh-huh. And we'll, it'll be a van so we pick people up. Yeah. So That sounds fun. Stay sober. And in meantime, I'll start doing some research about okay. one of those weird hidden bunkers with mm-hmm. like, that holds 500 people. We'll figure out where there is one that a man's been working on for all years. Right. We'll go have a rave. Since the 80s. And we'll just collect up drugs. We'll get people who have good drugs, okay. good liquor, good personalities, and we'll all go into a mountain. Lots of dogs. Dogs would be fun, but then there's cats. He can go in like a backpack or something. Okay. Um. All right. All right, great. <laughs> That's my happy thought. 
perfect. I feel like we just did that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, we covered that. There's lots to be stressed about these days, but also don't forget in your stress, then also just start making up a fun plan. Okay. To kind of counteract your stress. It's, I think it's a, it relieves tension. Something to look forward to. For sure. Okay. I like it. Okay. Thanks for listening, you guys. Welcome to 2018. Guys, we're so happy to be in this year with you. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to make this year count. We are. Uh, so stay sexy. And don't get murdered. <gasps> Bye. Bye. Elvis, you want cookie? Whoa. That was a good one. He's right there. He's so ready. <laughs>